0: Hey, welcome to Scanner School, this is session number 210, and today we are continuing to talk about the giant elephant in the scanner radio community. It's encryption again, yes. Today we have a special guest on the podcast, Kenneth Fowler, of course you may remember Kenneth as being a past guest here on the podcast. We talked about uh, logging radio IDs and how he was using radio IDs to find out what's on a trunk system, and also talking about DMR and amateur radio hotspots and actually how to use them to listen to an untapped network, I guess you could say, or more than what you can actually grab over the air when you set your own hotspot, all the things you can do with your scanner with a hotspot. So all the sessions from today's podcast can be found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 210. Also, we'll put some notes in the podcast description, and if you're listening to this over on YouTube, There'll be some notes down below this video for you as well. So again, welcome back to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And I've got a question for you: Have you checked out our brand new, or maybe not so brand new anymore? It's it's been out there now for a little bit. And if you haven't joined yet, it's our brand new or our new Discord server over at ScannerSchool.com/discord. This is a very active community of not only listeners of the Scanner School podcast, but also others who enjoy the scanner radio hobby. And in the Discord server, we share a lot of tips, tricks, helping other people out, and maybe even giving some feedback and maybe what would you do in a situation. It's a great way of grabbing not only real-time help, but also going back through and looking at some older posts and comments from past in uh, earlier in the week. So again, if you want to check out the Discord server, please go to scannerschool.com slash Discord. And also, did you know I am speaking at Ham Radio University 2022 this year? It's a completely virtual event, and you can find out more information about it over at hamradiouniversity.org. I will be speaking about Scanner Radios, and the date of HRU will be January 8th, 2022. Okay, so like I said at the top of the podcast, we want to welcome back our past guest, Kenneth Fowler. And Kenneth is not only a past guest, but he's also a supporter of the podcast and also one of our Patreon members. So, Kenneth, thank you for being very active with the Scanner School community. So, the trick here is that Kenneth came to me... With this podcast idea. And again, 100% his idea for today's session. And uh, it's how Kenneth, who lives in an area that has encryption on both fire and police, how he still enjoys the scanner radio hobby. He's found other things to listen to that have grabbed his interest. Okay. And again, this is something that I like to repeat, right? We don't throw out our TVs when our favorite television show closes up and says we're not renewing next season or it's a season finale, right? We find something else to watch. If our favorite band breaks up, we don't say there's no music left to listen to. Or even if our favorite scanner radio magazine or our favorite publication happens to decide they're not going to print anymore we don't forget how to read and say there's nothing left to read in this world because our favorite publication decided to close up shop the same needs to hold true for the scanner radio hobby and to prove this point here kenneth is still buying scanner radios to listen to more things in his area So the fact that his local fire and his local police have encrypted has not stopped him one bit from enjoying the hobby itself. Yes, it's true. He cannot listen to what he started out listening to. And again, for many people, I understand, right? You get into the hobby because you want to listen to just the local police. And if you can't listen to local police, then for some people, right, that's just it for them. But for the majority of us, for those who are in this for the hobby of scanning, we all know there's much more out there than a police department or a fire department. Trust me, I have. I live in an area where PD is encrypted. I get it, right? I understand not being able to know why a squad car is flying down your street. I, I miss those days. I mean, it was part of me growing up. But you find ways around listening to it. And this is the focus of today's conversation with Kenneth. What is he listening to to fill in the gaps, to still understand what is out there? And Kenneth did his homework before coming on today's podcast, and he has a full list of things that he listens to or could listen to to find out some of the same information he was going to get anyway over the police bans. So with that, we're going to say thank you, Kenneth, for being a part of the podcast family. And we'll jump into Kenneth's conversation in just one second. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you could pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live Scanner Radio Roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kaye, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Floyd Goff, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacob Jacobson, Jacques Berry, James Broxton, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Cordov, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul C, Randy Cummins, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Weatherford, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. <laughs> Ken, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. It's great to have you back on, uh, back on Scanner School. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so uh just as a quick reminder you are first of all let's plug let's get this out of the way and, and plug this one the scanner junkies net i want to uh try to bridge a little connection here between what you do and what we do over here in scanner school so before we even get into today's discussion why don't you talk about what the scanner junkies are and how people can uh can join what you it is that you do
1: sure we've resurrected a amateur radio net called the scanner junkies I guess I modeled it after a local radio show called The Sports Junkies, so it just kind of fit. We are on the TGIF DMR network, which is primarily accessible via hotspot or an MDVM hotspots. You have to be a licensed amateur. We are uh, talk group number 1033, and we started up our net last night. Basically, only had um, two participants, a little confusion, and uh, people trying to adjust their schedules, but we'll get there. Okay, not a problem. So to uh,
0: basically summarize, it is an amateur radio net that's held on DMR TGIF. And you can find more information about that on TGIF.network. It is talk group 1033, and you do need to be a licensed amateur radio operator to participate and even to listen. I don't think there's any way to even listen to the net unless uh, somebody can stream it into the net, which would be um, which would be something interesting to see if we can do that on our own Discord server. I, uh, I tried checking in last night. It was one of the very first things I... I've I tried transmitting on with DMR and found out my hotspot is not on frequency. So we'll uh we'll tweak that up. But uh for anybody who is a licensed amateur radio operator, you can uh check out your Facebook group, which I think is what, uh the scanner junkies on Facebook.
1: Yes. Search for okay. TGIF,
0: Top Group ten thirty three. Okay, perfect. And we'll we'll start uh and and add some bumpers for you too over on uh on our social media too for anybody that wants oh, to. Oh, sure. So but Yeah. Uh,
1: we're gonna try to do nets uh I believe the third Sunday of every month at eight okay. PM Eastern.
0: Perfect. Eight PM Eastern time. And it's open to anybody who's now in treaty operator that has access to either vrf the TGIF network, ten thirty three, or if they have their own hotspot, and of course you can just jump on at any time. This is your hotspot. And the talk group is available twenty four seven. It's it's the net time is just that third Sunday that you yeah, have it scheduled now, but the actual sure. talk group does not disappear. It's always available. But yeah, I, I'm bringing that up now because I'm just going to my head. The last time you were on the podcast, we had talked about, well, I think the last time, because you were on a, a, one other time, but we talked about amateur radio DMR and how to scan and how to listen to amateur radio DMR. So to start the conversation, I think where we left off is was uh, kind of a good place to, to to start things off. And you were on, I think, one other time right with uh something else we spoke about i just i can't recall it's been a long been a long journey
1: (laughs) i i
0: can't remember what i discussed Well, well well i'll look it up as as we talk but you are definitely here today to talk about what happens or what you can do after things encrypt i know that i've talked about this in the podcast but i'm i'm really happy that today was your idea to come on the podcast and to reach out to me and schedule us up and uh to talk about what you do and, and and your story with encryption and, and monitoring stuff. So I'm going to let you take it from here, Ken. What do you do now that your local area is encrypted?
1: Okay. So the county I live in, a nearby city, and the county to the north of me have all gone encrypted as far as sheriff and police. What are people to listen to? There's always fire and rescue, but in my county, we've also gone to uh, MDT. So there's a lot less light radio traffic. So I think uh, micro, or some people think, Micro versus macro, you know, you have to, if you want to know what's going on in your neighborhood, sometimes you might have to expand that, that parameter. I just started to, uh, listen to, uh, well, the two main things I started to listen to were the county school buses. You never know what you're going to hear these people talk about. It sounds like a CB. I think the other day I heard that one of the drivers saying there was a cougar on the loose and somebody else is like, no, it's not a cougar. There's no cougars running around my county. The other thing I started to listen to was the Department of Transportation has the safety service patrol on the interstate. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know what's going on in the interstate, especially if you're going to be a, a commuter, you know, listen to those safety service patrols. A few other ideas, uh, well, out of the ordinary. Well, we now have F M C B. So if you have a receiver or a scanner capable of FMCB reception or CB reception anyway, that's, uh, you're going to start hearing some things, I think yep and we're uh
0: i've got that table right now uh on the podcast until it becomes a little bit more mainstream i was going to talk about it because i saw Natcom did a whole article on it and uh i didn't want to release that too quick behind there So i was kind of waiting to see if we got any more i don't think there's anything out right now right uh, as far as hardware for fmcb just yet
1: the chinese are probably racing everybody else to the punch <laughs> on that but it may be <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure Cobra's got something, and also President, right? Because because their radios right now receive no weather. It's just a matter of being able to enable you to transmit on on VH or I'm sorry on FM. So you know they have the FM circuitry in there. So I think that a lot of the overseas radios for that was they replaced the weather button, and that becomes your AM/FM toggle switch on. If I'm not mistaken, on some of those radios. But I just didn't know if there's anything here in the states that was in market now that you can purchase. By the end of 2021, but I guess they would still need FCC-type acceptance once FCC made approval that they would accept yes. those types of radios. So, yeah, so I guess we'll look at it a couple of months out on that one as well. But very interesting that you bring up school buses because that's one of the things that I enjoy listening to. And I got my daughter actually hooked on listening to school buses. She thought it was very exciting to listen to them and to hear them. And uh, you're right, though. it's There's a lot of chatter. And the really a really good time to listen to school buses is when it snows out because that's when you really hear how delayed things are and how bad the traffic is and how bad not just the main roads are but the side streets right the residential roads and how unplowed they are or how icy they are and uh that that certainly does make for a real life experience as to what it's gonna be like to go and commute for the morning
1: oh yes you're gonna hear road conditions you're gonna hear Oh, there's an accident here that you may have not have heard dispatched elsewhere. You're going to hear rerouting. What's the best way to get around it? Because the drivers, the bus drivers have to get around it too. Mm-hmm. Biggest part of that now is the confusion over the shortage, the driver shortage and the okay. overcrowding in one route and the other drivers have to pick up students. It may just be one extra student, but they have to reroute and go to different schools. So, you know, I, I, I don't envy the uh, the people sitting in the operation room at the at the transportation department. Right, right. And
0: that's just one of those things too. I was I, I actually have in a schedule for next year is is school bus monitoring because uh, like I said, my my seven year old will be eight at that time, loves listening to them. And I've been keeping an eyeball just on my local area, right? So I can start preparing and getting the mindset to do a podcast episode on school buses. And just noticing and I don't know how it is by you, but over here, it's very hard to keep track of how many school bus agencies are actually out there doing pickups and deliveries. And uh, it used to be, I remember when I was a kid, there was like, I don't know, maybe two bus companies we had. And looking now, it's there's a handful of, of, larger, dist- of larger bus companies. And then it seems like almost every district now is starting to get their own set of buses, which... Again, it seems like it'd be another expense that school districts don't need, but they are managing their own fleet of buses and drivers and everything else. And I'm assuming that's because they want to make sure that you break up on the uh, the shortage. That maybe they just have resources in district to at least pick up their students, possibly. Because again, a lot of these districts I've never seen buses for. It's always been you know leased out through or contracted out through a larger agency. But yeah, to see both locally here, Farmingdale and Plain Edge, both have their own bus company now. So uh, it's interesting.
1: Yes. So in Virginia, it's usually transportation's operated by the local school board, which is organized on a county or city basis. And it's just the way the governments get organized here. Like you said, on I guess on Long Island, it's it's completely different. And I have a little bit of a expertise with that, I guess, because I do work for a company that is uh, involved in bus safety and bus cameras. And uh, I've actually processed those kind of uh, videos for the school districts in uh, Suffolk County. Okay, and There are as many school districts in Suffolk County as you, you can't even count. <laughs> so quite, trying to yes. find out, you know, what, what radios they're using, whether it's a government enterprise or private company or a national company, or it, can be, it can be everywhere.
0: Right. And that's, that's where I was getting at. That is, is if you want to know what's going on, on a commute, you got to think that there's going to be more than one bus company you're going to be monitoring. It's probably going to be on more than one type of system, or maybe it's all in the same system. Maybe they've got their own systems, and I've discovered that as well. When I was searching around and I discovered a DMR network, it wasn't mapped in radio reference at all. So I took it as a challenge to start mapping out this network, and it wasn't that difficult because it was fairly active. But the same two or three talk groups kept coming up and it ended up being a school district's DMR system. And wouldn't you know, when you flip over to one of the licenses that were one of the frequencies they're licensed for, they actually have the LR, was it LRRP data going out? So you can actually start seeing where all the buses are within the district. So that's pretty interesting as well. But if you're going to use the school buses to circumvent, I guess you could say encryption to bring something back through your speaker on your scanner you're going to have to do a little bit of investigation just to see is it going to be one bus company two bus companies multiple bus companies and even the different routes the the main buses may have one channel and then you know the the shorter buses and the private transport like the the vans may have another frequency or another talk group because they're separate so it's uh, buses alone. I think we got on a tangent here, but you know, buses alone—it's it's a great way to to find out what is going on on uh, on your commute and and how roads and traffic and weather conditions are. But you also talked about too the DOT safety service. Now, what would you expect to hear on something like that? Just regular old accidents, or what? Well, so you expecting to hear when you listen to uh, DOT?
1: Sure, this, the site in my county covers traffic from Northern Virginia and from the Richmond area. So if you listen. Two separate talk groups for the Safety and Service Patrol covering both regions. You will hear the uh, Safety Service Patrol dispatched for anything from the disabled vehicle to uh, cleaning up debris in the roadway to providing blocking services for public safety that may be on the scene of an accident, uh, assisting you even with major road closers. Sometimes okay. they get off route and uh, assist even local state highway stuff, but normally it's confined to the interstate. And these aren't the
0: vehicles are that just pull over on the side of the road to help with stranded motorists. I mean, these are these are actual, like I said, they 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 help with directing traffic and the whole deal. So they're a little bit more above and beyond just a disabled vehicle.
1: Yeah, sure. I'm uh, in Virginia. It used to be a, you know a state employees doing that, but everything is contracted yeah. out to private companies using a truck that has that's owned by the state. So uh, sometimes they even have their own private communication networks. Gotcha. But, I
0: mean, I think the 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 story here, though, is, right, just because everything around you went encrypted or went to MDT, it doesn't mean your, your scanner is useless, right? You are finding other things to do with the scanner and and, and to monitor what, what it is that you're trying to pick up on it. If your uh, town
1: or county has uh, a water utility or even snowplows, you know, sometimes they don't talk a lot, but they'll be out there. Yes. Yep,
0: sometimes just to make a dunk and run. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I find with the uh, public works people, they uh, use uh, less and less radio and more and more cell phone type apps. But.
0: Yeah, I think it's all different too because around here they they definitely use the town wide frequency, and it's been it's been easy for me to remember. It's just been one five six dot zero 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 since um, I can remember ever listening to them. So just having them go up and down with the plow has been has been really good hearing where they're at. And there was one time where a one of their uh, plows actually broke down. It stalled out and would not restart, and it was blocking the intersection. And the guy was more or less stranded in the cab and listening to the radio for that day, which just like, well, we'll get down there. We can get down there. Stay warm, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know, just hearing that that's why the the truck was just sitting there yeah, it, it was interesting. But yes, yeah, so you've got the public works to 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 talk about plowing and stuff like that. So water is good, right? Because you said you have a water main breaks so or when they have to close out areas because of of that. And I guess water could be interesting to listen to too if they have to increase pressure, right, due to a, uh, a fire or they have a, an out hydrant or something like that. So that would uh, that would cue, cue you in that there would be maybe an accident that took out a fire hydrant or if there's a burning house that, uh, you know, they need more pressure in the neighborhood. That You definitely hear that on the, uh, the water company's frequency or talk group.
1: Sure. And if you have any public utilities, cable, power, mm-hmm. they may or may not be on a DMR system. It, it may be all data. It may be encrypted. But you know sometimes your uh, local town or city actually runs its own utilities department. So you have to search for them.
0: Right. And again, that's great, too, for a car into a, a pole, down wires, bad storms, the whole deal. I mean, that, that would be good to uh, listen to as well. Yep. Perfect.
1: Uh, if you're a town or county city or has a transit bus system or a transit rail system nearby you may live in the metropolitan area or you may live in a uh, more suburban setting uh mm-hmm. local city or county transit buses usually those aren't encrypted so same kind of traffic yep. as you would hear on a school bus frequency
0: right right and i'm i'm a little annoyed here because we had the uh the Nassau system right was uh, Nassau county owned the bus system and then it was sold out and became the NICE bus system. And I have been unable to find NICE anywhere. So Suffolk County is right on the tr- on, this, on the county trunk system. But when uh, Nassau County needed some money, they sold like everything under the sun that they could, including the sewage treatment plants. And uh, the sewage treatment plant ended up on their own DMR system. But I, I can't find the inter-county bus system that we have here but uh but you're right though if you listen to the buses you'll hear that if you listen to the local metro commute uh rail stations right we've got long island railroad and they are extremely active and um you know like you're saying if if something happens you'll hear them uh, such as the the police you know the mta police what we call them over here and uh, so person struck by train, vehicle struck by train, gates down, objects on on tree on on the uh, lines, even debris right on the rail crossings or or on the tracks, a disabled train or, or frozen frozen switches right stuff like that 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 right. will be in poor weather. All that you will hear on the railroad frequencies as well, and these are all common frequencies too for rail, right? They they all fall within that AAR uh, band plan for the uh for the railroad here in the states so they're they're pretty easy to pick up and any analog scanner will uh, be able to pick up most rail transmissions in most of the areas because i don't think really too many of them have swapped over yet to NXDN, so you should be good listening to those as well and it's it's decent listening you know it lets you know what's going on
1: when i worked up north in the dc metro region and been or visited you know you plug in the uh the wamata the washington metropolitan area transit authority you know you may not be able to listen to police anymore because they've gone encrypted but the operations channels. So you have station operations, you have uh, the actual subway channel, you know, depending on the line, they repeat everything. You know, they'd be like, well, there's a block here, there's a train, something wrong with that station, you have to bypass it, you, you'll hear all that trap.
0: That's interesting, right? Yeah, so that's somebody I didn't think about too, right? So you'd have the dispatch enc- encrypted, but the operations channel is not encrypted. So interesting. <laughs> Over here, they just blanket <laughs> Blanket encrypt so
1: that that's a good thought and then uh, you never know you may have a smaller PD or a, a sheriff's office or even state police that are not encrypted so mm-hmm. plug those in for neighboring jurisdictions you know you might think it's boring but you'll get to hear lookouts for statewide or even local events that that occur something that may, may be in your own backyard but the neighboring jurisdictions are giving a lookout for it so
0: right yeah, And that's uh that's actually a good thought too, listen to neighboring and stuff like that, because again, we've got our county PD is encrypted, but uh knock on wood, the sheriff's department is not. And I don't know how or why they didn't encrypt, but it's very interesting. <laughs> so but um it just goes to prove, right, that uh that it may not be the full agency.
1: Sure. I mean different priorities amongst uh the executives, but depending yep. on what their primary exactly. missions are, but sure. And then there's the uh, the standard go-tos like uh, we discussed. Rail aircraft, even if you plug in the local uh, uh Unicom for the local airport, that may be one runway and and not even the a mechanic on duty. You'll hear all sorts of good stuff, especially if it's a even a small plane. Crafts occurred over here the other day near me. Pilot ran out of fuel and put it down in the field nearby. So there's ham radio. People say the hands are boring, but if it's analog or even digital, there's always something to be heard, even if it's uh, non-emergency related. Right. GMRS gaining popularity every day, especially due to the uh, the fee decrease. I don't think I have any GMRS uh, repeaters near me, but that changes every day. And then there's the uh, the other part of the hobby: shortwave and medium wave broadcast listening, or even uh, TV station DXing, or different things like that. You never know what mm-hmm. you're going to pick off the spectrum. Actually, uh, you learn all about propagation when you start doing shortwave and medium wave listening. So right. that's the other aspect of the hobby is immersing yourself in the uh, RF spectrum. So what does a
0: typical scanning day now look like? Because, again, you were saying that pretty much, right, your local fire is MDT. Your local police are encrypted. So when you sit down to turn on the radio what is it that you have right now in your scan banks? Is it what we talked about here or do you have um, a go-to that you listen to for your local area?
1: Oh, well, I've actually had to separate out fire dispatch and fire response channels because that's a separate thing now in my county. So yeah. I uh, instead of scanning, I actually monitor more often than I scan. The, the uh, scanners stay on one particular call group unless I need to change it. Obviously, I'm a, a multiple scanner person. So I've got... One phase one scanner listening to the statewide trunk system for DOT and safety service. I've got a phase two scanner stuck on the school bus channels. I have uh, one stuck on our uh, state police dispatch for a local area. Bunch of different analog uh, scanners uh, listening to surrounding area fire dispatching because there's at least uh, two or three that still use analog in the area. And uh, there's one I have a. A seven ninety six D that's stuck on a, a local, a neighboring county. And they have a P twenty five dispatch channel. They're the only ra- uh, jurisdiction that nearby that hasn't gone to a trunk system, and it's probably just due to their their size and population.
0: So again, I mean, it's so it's just your local that went encrypted. So it gives you the ability to look outside, basically your geographical made up county boundary that you're listening to. So again, you know, everybody says it, you know, it's encryption, right? It's, it killed the hobby. There's nothing left to listen to. Every, you know, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pack my bags and go home. But you know, you're proving that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's areas out there with the encryption, but there's still other things to keep your interest and to keep you listening. And to, it may not be that one department that you bought the radio for. And again, I like to give the, the example here where, you know, your favorite TV show doesn't go off the air. It doesn't mean you throw out your TV and stop watching TV. You, know, you, you find something else to watch. Or your favorite publication, right? They decide they're not going to print the magazine anymore. I mean, that's happened in the scanner radio hobby too. That doesn't <coughs> mean that we stop reading, right? I mean, we've we've lost a couple of magazines. And uh, something either comes by to pick up its place or, yeah, it's it's just, you know, it's gone, but we don't stop, right? Or if your favorite band no. breaks up. It doesn't mean
1: you don't (laughs) listen to the radio anymore. I mean, our scanner radio magazine reading habits have changed from, you know, printed to digital. And there used to be 20 magazines. Now there's two or three. Right. I still miss the printed days. I'll tell you that, though. I miss having to write the columns for a few of them, I think, over the years. Um, Which which magazines do you write for? Northeast Scanning News, uh, the RCMA Monitor. Was that the name of the magazine? Yeah, RCMA and Northeast Scanning Days. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think that was one that I was getting as well. I can't remember the name of it now, but uh, that one definitely sounds familiar. Or that the, was, it was uh, the
1: journal, the RCMA journal. That's what it was.
0: Okay. Very good. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process and this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out ScannerSchool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, ScannerSchool.com slash support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your Natcom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's hobby radio magazine as well as back issues too. Visit NatcomMag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on besides your local stuff, or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Phone and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell PogSac and Flex pages, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss phone, and unication dealer serving the North American market. And of course, is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or to request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. All right. So let's talk about, uh, you said, uh, Unicom with aircraft. What else would you recommend if, if somebody wants to just listen to aviation to 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 pass the time now that they can't listen to anything that's that's encrypted.
1: Yeah, that Unicom stuff can actually be pretty interesting because there are two local airports by me that use the same frequency. And, and the county to the west of me actually does a lot of uh, skydiving. They have a skydiving school over there. So it's really cool when they broadcast announcements of there'll be skydivers in the area. still amazes me that that's a hub for skydiving out in rural Virginia. But if you're going to go full into the aircraft monitoring, you're going to need multiple scanners because are you in the vicinity of one airport, two airports? How large is this airport? Do you need to listen to inbound and outbound traffic, high altitude stuff, the tower, uh, even ground operations? So there's there's a lot to be had in that, in that world.
0: And it does take a little bit of time to learn the lingo and the, the voice patterns and just the way that they go through with, I mean, it's like anything else, right? And you first start diving into it, it sounds like a bunch of letters and numbers and there's no rhyme or reason for what they're saying. And then you start to realize as more and more you listen to it. The more you start to catch the patterns and what everything starts to mean, and you'll start learning about aviation and how it all seems to work. And they kind of guide you in too, right? They'll say, you know, uh, go to tower on one, one, nine point eight or one, one, nine point one something like that. And, they'll get read back to whoever they're talking to. So you know where that conversation is going to end up next at all times if you listen to it. So aviation can can be interesting. I've, I've heard lots of good conversations on aviation frequencies. Uh, I've heard lots of scary conversations on aviation frequencies, one of them being where there was a couple of airplanes that were in town for Memorial Day weekend when they fly out some of the older airplanes. And uh, a couple of guys were out flying across the Hudson River and one of the guys, uh, the engine stalled on the plane. Unfortunately, the guy went down in the river and uh, he perished in the accident. But during that conversation, you can hear the guy he was flying with calling out his name. What happened to you? Where did you go? Are you okay? And then that started the whole the whole thing. So I've also heard there was a, um, I was watching the blimp that was trying to, fly into a headwind and uh, it was basically over the parkway and I could see it out my front window and I could see it just hovering there and, and going up and going down and, and uh, eventually listening to that and hearing him say, okay, I see a park down there. I'm just going to ditch the, uh, the, there's no way I can make it in. I can't overpower the headwind. So aviation definitely has a spot in the scanner. So it may not be something that everybody listens to, but there are guys out there that listen to nothing but aviation because you never know what you're going to hear. And sometimes, too, I've seen a lots of uh, videos and recordings. Sometimes you get tower or uh, some of the other areas, they, they kind of they, they, they kind of uh, don't get along with the pilots and vice versa, right? There's, there's kind of sometimes a lot of back and forth between the two radio operators. And some of it may not always be pretty. So you may find some drama on the airwaves just listening to aviation
1: as well yeah i've I've heard I sorry, listened to a lot of YouTube uh, recordings, and that seems to be you know every airport, but l a x is quite a big. One <laughs> and depending on your distance from the airport, like i I'm kind of in the flight path of um, Reagan National and or uh, Dallas International, and uh, I can only listen to the the sector, the low sector departure and approach channel for this uh, particular area. And then I can listen to, uh, because I don't have any external antennas for that, the uh, high-altitude stuff that flies over. Mm-hmm. They may be en route to New York or uh, Boston or even further down to Atlanta. What's the next sector to the west? I guess Cleveland or something like that.
0: But, yeah, that's a good point, too. You don't have an outdoor antenna, but it's aviation, right? So even if you don't have an outdoor antenna, it's still line of sight. So you may not hear ground, but you would definitely hear the airplanes, and uh, especially when they're high-altitude. If they're if they're talking, you you'll, you'll you'll hear them for miles out. So um, aviation could be definitely a, a good way to to use your use the little antenna you have.
1: In the one sector near me, you will hear local pilots actually giving some sort of because um, they're not flying by instrument local flight paths and see if altitudes are okay. And obviously, we have huge amount of restricted airspace in this uh, neck of the woods. So mm-hmm. they get instruction on how to avoid it sometimes.
0: Uh, excellent. That's pretty good. So, uh, it, there's, like I said, there's plenty of stuff out there that, that go on with uh, other things to listen to. Uh, you did talk about ham radio and, and GMRS, and even though they're not really an emergency service, and it's more of a just guys that don't know how to press the RTL button on the radio, right, which is the release to listen. And um, it's amateur radio, though, does hold a point, especially when you listen to something like a marathon, right? Sometimes they'll bring in ham radio operators and GMRS radio operators to assist with the marathon. Especially here where we do the Long Island Marathon, you'll find out where the tail runner is or the last person in the race or where the trail car is. So you'll know basically at what point you can expect the roads to start reopening in an area or when the first person crosses the finish line. You may find out when a runner is injured or something like that. And uh, also in amateur radio, you've got routine nets such as traffic nets, or maybe even technical nets, practice nets for CW. Skywarn is is another one that may pique your interest if you have a uh, interest in weather. Even with GMRS, I don't know how busy they are now, but there's React was uh, was one of the big groups for GMRS even through the the 70s, right? They were on I believe on CB at the time, but there are other emergency groups out there, and there's even ones that spring up grassroots type of deal. We have one local here, which was S-H-T-F-L-I, which we all kind of know what that stands for. And they've recently rebranded themselves, I guess recently, I guess in the last 10 years or so, rebranded themselves as being BridgeCom, where they were bridging the gap. to kind of get away from that whole S-H-T-F when they were trying to uh, professionalize themselves. And now they work very closely with uh, local agencies, and amateur radio operators and stuff like that. And a lot of the guys now are dual licensed to be on either side of the microphone, on either radio, basically, on, on amateur radio or GMRS. So even though you may hear a lot of nonsense and a lot of uh, side chatter and yakking on, on amateur radio and GMRS, during drive time, though, just like the school buses, right? You got commuters who are out there or you may some, have somebody who comes across an accident. And before cell phones, it was always big that you get somebody who would report in an accident and you were actually getting real time. There's a car on the side of the road. I've got multiple people injured. Please call us. It's 911. And somebody would come on a line and they'd be playing telephone basically over the radio to relay that information into police with, you know, with the advent of cell phones. A lot of that disappeared at this point. But there is still that whole thing when you listen to those kinds of frequencies that you could pop across something that is interesting like that. So don't discount amateur radio. And again, I listened last night. There is uh, a local club. There is the technical net, which is uh, pretty popular. People stream that net just to listen to what happens and, and what the knowledge is that's being shared. So um, they, they really deep dive some information. So it's 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 more to listen to than just, like I said, somebody like me right now just Labyrinth.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, so like when I lived in Northern Virginia, the uh, big club up there called the northern Virginia f m Association used to have auto patches on two of their repeaters, yes, you could yep. actually auto patch directly into nine one one it would confuse the heck out of the call taker, but it, they didn't know when to you know it's a it's not a um it's a one way conversation when the operator has to blurt out what he's saying and then on key so right or or the address
0: for the accident wasn't at the tower. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have a personal example with the uh, Ham Radio, the Amateur Radio Emergency Services. I was supposed to participate in the uh, Marine Corps Marathon this year as an operator, but that's been canceled over the past two years. So, You weren't you running, kind of? No, I was not running. <laughs> <laughs> I did work a Post one time. This was on uh, one of the state highways running past the Pentagon. This was a couple of years back, and uh, it's a good day. The Marathon was a good day. Yeah, yeah, but they they can be a lot of fun. Are, uh, are large because it's not one frequency. It's there's a repeater in Virginia. There's a repeater in the district. There's a repeater about ten mm-hmm. miles away on a high building. There are data networks. They used to use packet a lot, but now it's uh, what is it? Arden Wi-Fi. You know, ham radio Wi-Fi to okay. uh, encrypt uh, information about people's medical uh, problems and/or the runner information about tracking runners because they don't. They don't voice a lot of that stuff anymore.
0: Interesting. I didn't know they uh, they had a, an encrypted network on our tree. I thought everything had to be unencrypted, but uh, that that's interesting.
1: I'm getting ready to do a, an event here locally, so maybe you know, maybe we'll have some uh, some radio ham radio uh, emergency services this year.
0: All right. So we talked about a lot of different options here that we can go through scanning right on our radios besides. Local PD. I mean, you are at least fortunate to listen to some fire, but again, assuming that is something you can't listen to as well. But we went through school buses, DOT, you got CB, ham radio, GMRS, public works, railroads, or other types of transit, such as uh, county buses, aircraft. And uh, one thing we, oh, you could talk about too about shortwave and, and uh, learning how to DX and, and stuff like that with medium wave. But we're keeping it kind of above VHF here, right? Above 30 megahertz when we talk about scanning. But there's other things too, right, that we can start looking into as well. And like I like to say is the secrets are in the searches. You never know what else is out there until you start seeking them out. And again, it may not really seem like it's really exciting to listen to, but there could be tow companies that are out there, private transport ambulances or other delivery services, but there's definitely things out there to listen to that are not encrypted, especially if you live in a busy metropolitan area, there's a ton. Our our UHF spectrum here in the New York City area is packed wall to wall with something to listen to. I can move up and down the spectrum from about uh, 460 to 470 and trip over countless number of dmr and nxdn transmissions at p25 conventional it's insane as to how much is actually out there and if that doesn't get you going then start looking at the federal band right especially ken where you are right in in the in the metro dc area down in virginia there's federal everywhere and you might think it's quiet but you're going to hear something eventually I mean they definitely have raids and stuff like that maybe it is encrypted but maybe it's not you you just don't know until you you press that search button and start finding things out but I have found
1: I I overlooked I overlooked the federal stuff
0: (laughs) yeah yep yeah well don't worry can I I won't seek out Chris Chris Paris at you for for forgetting about the federal stuff because you know that's that's his uh that's his favorite place to start looking for things but uh but what else? What else do you uh, monitor besides uh, besides all
1: that? I've actually expanded. So I live fairly close to a, a large uh, military base, and they use a P twenty five system uh, that's a nationwide, or at least region wide. I tend to gravitate towards the public safety, and rather than like the the. Uh, they do a lot of um, artillery training, so I don't necessarily okay. listen to that. But the fire department there is pretty active when it comes to. Respond to on based emergencies and/or putting out the fire, Some some of the auxiliary chain.
0: Yeah, and a lot of that is is unencrypted, which is very interesting as well. Because uh, I've noticed that here. I mean, again, late nights, can't sleep. I'm I'm just going around looking through the federal bands or um, anywhere from like 400 to 420, just to, just to see what's out there. And I've come across a couple of federal P25 trunk systems. And out here on Long Island, we don't have any bases. And it's like, well, where is this all coming from? Then I realized, okay, well, one of them might be, or it definitely is, Fort Hamilton out in uh, Brooklyn by the Arizona Bridge. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, we got that up there. And then you start realizing that you're you're starting to pick up some other P25 networks out of state or in other parts of the state because, again, Propagation. it's late at night or the spectrum is just clean because there's nobody else there using it. So there's no other, other RF coming in and, and, and uh, ruining your signal, but there's definitely stuff out there to, to seek out and find.
1: Forest service and park service have a large footprint here in Virginia and both the Blue Ridge Parkway and Skyline drive Rangers, you know, law enforcement and, or their public works counterpart, there, uh, I mean, we don't have Rocky Mountains, but we have mountains, and those repeaters have a big footprint. So there's some of that going on that I can get towards the uh, Chesapeake
0: Bay. So, and you prove the point with that one just right now. Is is a lot of places have forest, national forests, and, and U.S. parks to monitor. We don't have forests out here on Long Island. We've we've cleared the trees decades ago, right? <laughs> so, yeah. But if if you lived in an area like that, certainly there's there's all this stuff to listen to. So. Ken, there's, I mean, we've put together quite a list today on different agencies that we can listen to, especially when our local departments have encrypted and proving the idea here that, yes, just because the one department that we loved to listen to. Right. We've all kind of gone through a serious breakup when we were teenagers and stuff like that. Right. You had your heart broken, but you, you get back on that horse and, 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 and you, you go back out in that dating pool. Right. It's the same deal here. Right. With, with the scanner radio world. Right. Just because you, you had your heart broken because your local PD encrypted. Right, it doesn't mean that there's other fish out in the sea, so to speak. Right, there's other frequencies out there to go ahead and listen to and to receive, and you'll find something else to love. That's, that's what it comes down to, right? And the hobby is big enough that there is definitely something else to to listen to and to tune into, and maybe even to keep finding out other things to listen to. And you may find that that is something you enjoy doing. It's just, I mean, I I know guys that just like to, and I'm one of them. I like to just know every single radio on a trunk system. And to me, to map out an entire system, even though it, that is something to me that is really cool to be able to do. There's satellite reception too. You can even play the game of listening uh, for satellites, and they'll be, you know, as we're recording it in the next couple of weeks, uh, the uh, the uh, Russian space agency will be. Downstreaming some SSTV from the ISS. So we'll be able to pick that up and, and and follow those on some of the ISS passes. So there's plenty of things that we can do besides listening to local PD. And, uh, yeah, it's, it stinks when there's lights and sirens going down your street and you've got no idea what's going on, but you can't be bitter about it forever, right? You gotta, you gotta move on and enjoy the hobby. And, uh, there's plenty of things to listen to besides.
1: Like, like you said, you're in an RF rich environment as the, uh, the East Coast sprawl continues further south. You know, my area is definitely going to grow. I see it every day. It's new stuff going on. Mm-hmm. We're actually getting yeah. a new um, Veterans Affairs Hospital here. So maybe there's something nice. to discover that when that happens.
0: Right. Right. And that's usually P25, but uh, they, they, I think here they they encrypted that one too. But, uh, but yeah, they, they got their own system and that's, you know, that's P25. Last I looked. So definitely plenty of stuff to listen to. Definitely. So, all right, Ken, you got anything else uh, for today? Uh, no, I think that's the end of my list. Excellent. All right, Ken. Well, again, this was your idea to come on the podcast today. and You reached out to me and you filled out the calendar on the website to, uh, to book today's session. And I want to thank you for bringing this idea to the podcast because, you know, it's it. The ideas like this and having guests on definitely break up just having me do it and having everybody listen to me all day long. So it's it's nice to have a back and forth with somebody on the podcast. And I would invite you know, anybody else that wants to be a guest to do, Ken, what you did, right? You just pressed on the link on the website for podcasts and, and become a guest. And uh, you just filled out the calendar. And uh, and here we are speaking on Zoom and recording this for, uh, for a podcast episode that everybody else is listening to. So, Ken, I want to thank you again for I'm pretty sure it's your third time back on, but we'll, we'll find the other episode that we can't think about. But uh, again, uh, as a reminder everybody else, the Scanner Junkies Net, as of right now, is third Sunday of every month on the TGIF network. Again, you go to tgif.network to find out more about how to register. Again, because now you need a password to sign on with your hotspot. If you're an amateur radio operator, you need a DMR ID to get on there. And I guess you can get that from radioid, uh, I think, .net and uh, just point your hotspot to the Tgif network keep up your radio on 1033 and that will sync your hotspot up to the uh, the talk group and again the talk group is there for anybody to use and we'll start uh you know like I said we'll we'll start uh, making reminders on our own discord server and also uh, through social media as well for anybody that wants to join the scanner junkies so Ken thank you so much again for being a guest on the podcast today definitely enjoyed having you on here Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Kenneth, thank you so much for being a guest on today's podcast episode and reinforcing the fact that just because the locals, right, the local fire and police have gone encrypted, that it doesn't mean that scanning is dead for you and that you are very much still active in the scanner radio hobby and are still investing in it, which is a big thing, right? Just because one department happens to go under and go encrypted, doesn't mean that scanning is dead. So again, Ken, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast and being part of the community. And for everybody else, it's the end of the year when I podcast episode airs. So I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday season. You got through this holiday break healthy. And also we're looking forward to a brand new year in just a couple of days here. So, From everybody in my house to everybody in your house, I want to say have a very happy new year. We will catch you all again next Tuesday for another podcast episode. We'll be answering your questions. And we will also be live on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So make sure you check out our social media channels for our very first live Q&A session for 2022. With that, my name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 7-3-1, and have a
1: great new year.